Why do you support refugees? I support refugees because my family were refugees. I support refugees because we are all God's children and we all deserve a safe place to grow in God's love. I support refugees because God made us all in God's image. I support refugees because I am a legal guardian of a minor asylee named Carol from Burundi. I support refugees because my Lord was a refugee. Because I welcome and I love my neighbor. Hi, and welcome to Hometown. This is Allison Duval. Listeners, we've got quite an interesting episode in store for you. Today, we talked to Alan Yarborough from the Episcopal Church's Office of Government Relations and Ashley Coleman from Episcopal Migration Ministries' local affiliate partner in Atlanta, Georgia, called New American Pathways. We talked to them about various voter engagement efforts, voter registration, and getting out the vote. But before we get to that conversation, we wanted to offer a few caveats and some context. Kendall Martin and I recorded our conversation with Alan and Ashley in the afternoon on Monday, September 17th. Later that day, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced to the nation that the refugee admissions number for 2019 would be set at a ceiling of 30,000. Presiding Bishop Michael Curry said in response to this announcement, As followers of Jesus Christ, we are saddened by this decision. Our hearts and our prayers are with those thousands of refugees who, due to this decision, will not be able to find new life in the United States. Our faith calls us to love God and love our neighbor, so we stand ready to help all those we can in any way we can. The timing of Secretary Pompeo's announcement came as a surprise. As you'll hear in our conversation with Ashley and Alan, refugee advocates have been expecting the announcement to be made soon, but certainly not this early. Ashley references a resolution being put forth by the congressman who represents the district where she works, Representative Hank Johnson. The resolution that she mentions, it's moving forward. It's important to know that this resolution wouldn't be binding, but it would express a sense of Congress that the presidential determination, or the ceiling of the number of refugees allowed to be admitted in 2019, should be higher than what this president has proposed, and that the administration should operate the refugee admissions program in good faith. The Episcopal Church has signed on as an official organizational sponsor of this resolution. It's a powerful signal to the administration that Congress rejects retreating from refugee resettlement. As you listen to Ashley speak about the work of New American Pathways and their partners in the Atlanta area, we encourage you to think creatively about your own local networks and how important it is to come together with your neighbors to speak to your elected officials about why you support refugee resettlement. You'll see how the dedicated work of New American Pathways was able to move their member of Congress to offer this resolution, pushing for higher refugee admissions. We ask that you let your members of Congress know that the low refugee admissions number for 2019 isn't reflective of the welcome that you see in your communities and that it will harm individuals and families. You can do this through writing an op-ed or a letter to the editor in your local paper. Certainly call your member of Congress, use social media to reach them, and then visit the Episcopal Public Policy Network's Action Alert to send an email message. 
We'll remind you of all of these steps at the conclusion of our conversation with Alan and Ashley. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you both so much for being here today. Um, listeners, we're so happy to be in the podcast studio with Ashley Coleman from New American Pathways in Atlanta, Georgia, and Alan Yarborough from the Episcopal Church's Office of Government Relations in Washington, D.C. And we've brought them together today for a conversation about civic participation. When new Americans become citizens, they, just like any other citizen, have the right to vote. And it's really important that they're able to raise their voices in our democracy. And then Alan is working on a great program through the Office of Government Relations with some other denominations as well called Vote Faithfully. So we're going to have a conversation today about civic participation and how important it is to take a stand in our democracy and to exercise your right to vote. So thank you both so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. So, Alan, would you like to start us off and tell us a little bit more about the Vote Faithfully campaign and what all you all are doing in the Office of Government Relations around this? Yeah, absolutely. So the Office of Government Relations represents the policy positions of the Episcopal Church to the U.S. federal government. But we also, through the Episcopal Public Policy Network, uh, try to engage the church in advocacy and civic engagement. And so the, the Vote Faithfully campaign uh, was the g- voter engagement campaign that we worked on with the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, or mm-hmm. the ELCA. Yeah, with whom we have a, a full communion partnership. Full communion partnership, yeah. right? And, uh, and the United Church of Christ uh, for the 2016 election. Um, and we're continuing that same effort for the midterm election this fall. That's great. I'm so glad that that's still going on. Yeah, it's been great collaboration with those church offices, and it's neat to to coordinate with them and bring in faith voices from different denominations. Nice. So the the goal of the campaign is to encourage the act of voting, uh, not to tell folks who to vote for. And we really want to encourage people to educate themselves on the candidates in their local elections um, and federal elections so that they make an informed vote. And we want people to know know how to vote, the process to vote on election day or, or absentee or early voting so that they don't miss the opportunity. Um, And finally, there are, of course, many people who either can't vote or have difficulty voting um, for one reason or another. And so part of the campaign is also about advocating for the right to vote and organizing your community to help get people to the polls. And that seems related in a way to your work, Ashley. So could you tell us a little bit about what you do in Atlanta? Yeah, absolutely. So um, our civic engagement program at New American Pathways is really designed to, similarly to what Alan was saying, to, you know, obviously not try to push for one candidate or one set of policies over another, but rather just really to get into kind of the basic foundational tenets of Civics 101, right? And how does our democracy operate? How does it work? And then obviously when it's time for those individuals who are eligible to cast ballot, right? Where do they do that? How does the process um, work? And what does that look like, right? And so, of course, that really starts with voter registration. We can't go out and cast that ballot if we're not registered initially. And this in and of itself is often something that is very difficult for a lot of our clients to navigate. Um, depending on where you're from, you might be automatically registered when you come of age. Some other governments do that in different countries. The process mm-hmm. here in the United States, of course, it's it's a little bit different and it can be a little bit difficult, especially depending on what state you live in, since those roles obviously change as well from state to state. So voter registration is a huge pillar of a lot of our work. And we're very lucky in that we get to do that at a lot of um, naturalization ceremonies. And so as soon as they're officially naturalized, ready to go, have their citizenship, that's the next step that they can take with us. And then 
um, as far as get out the votes, voter engagement type of work, um, we continue to move forward with that as far as how we engage our clients as well in the aftermath. So we were curious how people can volunteer with New American Pathways to help folks get registered and to help them get to the polls and if there's opportunity there to engage in that way. Yeah, so we do this work with a number of um, other nonprofit partners. And so what that usually looks like is we'll collectively, you know, do the outreach and let people know that these opportunities are available along with the list of when these naturalization ceremonies take place. And then we lead a series of trainings. It's really just one training that people can sign up to attend so that they're absolutely aware of everything that goes in uh, with the form. For example, obviously how to help others fill out that form correctly, that's huge. <laughs> so we help them to ensure that they know how to do that. They feel comfortable communicating this information. I mean, they just kind of know the ins and outs of what that space looks like because there's people who are there for a number of different reasons, right? Not just to take uh, their oath and, and be a part of the ceremony. And USCIS is a very busy, bustling place. And so we just help them prepare for the day. So that's really where, you know, the biggest chunk of our work is executed at those ceremonies. But then we also have a number of different opportunities for people to get involved if they would like to do voter registration in the field. Mm -hmm. And so what that looks like is a lot of community events like farmers markets, maybe going to a mosque on a Friday after prayer, just different places where we know that the people who we're targeting, who are people who are systematically less likely to be registered, are going to be. And so this is you know, of course, new Americans, but also folks who are, for example, African American or a racial minority, younger people, right? Whoever you might be, if you're statistically less likely to vote, then we're going to try to get our volunteers out there and engaged to help make sure that you have access to that information to voter registration as a service. Well, that makes me think a lot about in the Episcopal Church, we have something called the Baptismal Covenant. And in it, we promise to respect the dignity of every human being. And so actively reaching out to those whose voices might not be heard is part of us living into that baptismal covenant. So, Alan, I wonder if you could tell us about some of the energy and excitement coming from people across the church for the Vote Faithfully campaign. Yeah, absolutely. Some of the uh, the energy kind of I fell into it by by mistake. I created a graphic based <laughs> off of the uh, the election stickers, the I voted stickers. That I you love the get. I voted stickers. <laughs> yeah, and so for whatever reason, I was thinking it would be great for an online graphic, and didn't actually think we would be printing real stickers. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, people love stickers. <laughs> they love stickers, apparently. Yeah. So I created the graphic. Um, it says I am an Episcopalian, and I voted. Hashtag vote faithfully. Um, and it, it wasn't five minutes later, and I started getting uh, dozens of requests for the stickers. So the energy has been really great, and it's been across the country, people writing in asking how they can get these stickers to kind of represent both you know, their faith and their faith calling and, and the acting out uh, the right to vote um, and in helping others engage in their, civic, in their civic duty. I think that's exciting. So Ashley, I believe in a previous conversation that Allison and I had with you, you'd mentioned there were some Episcopal congregations who had been involved in working with some folks at New American Pathways and specifically around the issue of voter registration. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So yes, we've been very fortunate to have a very large and enthusiastic contingency of folks who are members of a local Episcopalian church here called All Saints Church. It's right in the middle of Midtown Atlanta by the Varsity, if anybody's familiar with that iconic little burger and shake joint. 
so they uh, they really see voter registration, really voter engagement work in general as not only a really important part kind of of who they are and what their values are as a congregation, um, but also they do see it directly tied and related to the work that's being done within the refugee ministry that they also have there, which is wonderful because, of course, as a refugee resettlement agency that has civic engagement as a department um, housed within the organization, we feel similarly at New American Pathways, right? There's a lot of points of intersection um, between civic engagement work and then the larger goals and outcomes that we have for our communities and, and helping refugee folks get integrated over the long haul, right? And with the long end game in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are over 70 folks who have kind of convened together to be a part of this larger voter engagement task force. And so they mostly work within other faith-based places and institutions to try to reach out to little local ethnic churches and other faith-based groups to try to reach out to them on Sundays, knowing that that's where they're going to be. That's yeah. often a barrier, you know, that exists as far as getting getting folks not just out to the polls, but really out anywhere, right, is that um, a lot of our refugee families and community members, they work a lot, you know, they might have larger families, and so it's just it's always hard to kind of have them come out to you. So we really need to make a concerted effort to go out to them where they already are. And obviously, of course, if they are of a community of faith, then those places where they go to worship are going to be a place that they're going to be going to, right? And so they'll go out to those churches. They will also, um, they do help us to execute a lot of other events that we host. For example, this Saturday, we're actually going to be doing a large-scale event. It's called New Voter Family Day. And oh, it's a center. Uh, mostly comprised of Somali-owned businesses. Yeah, it's, uh, it's called Campus Plaza, but it's actually known as Somali Plaza. So <laughs> Somali Plaza to be registering a lot of folks there and to also be able to provide um, information on early voting that's coming up because it is coming up around the corner and then information on the process of voting, how to vote, where to vote, things of that nature. So yeah, so they've been uh, very instrumental in helping us to have a uh, you know, boots on the ground out there in the communities that we serve. And it's been great. So excited to know that um, at All Saints Church, they recognize that being welcoming to refugees isn't simply about upon arrival, but it's about the longer term goal of they become our neighbors and our friends and our coworkers and parents of, at our kids' school. Um, and it's so important that each and every person has exercises their right to vote. So that's just so exciting. Awesome. Alan, I was wondering if you could tell our listeners how they can find out the Episcopal Church's stance on various public policy issues. Sure. So all of the the policy positions of the Episcopal Church that our office and the EPPN represent come exclusively from General Convention and Executive Council. Um, So folks can learn more about those positions if they follow the EPPN on social media or sign up for our emails, Um, because with each call to action or each message that we send out, uh, we always share links to the resolutions that support that particular position. Um, otherwise, on if you want to do a deeper dive, some people like to get pretty nerdy um, with this type of stuff. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, so there are a few links on our website, um, advocacy.episcopalchurch.org, including the Policy for Action document that summarizes the church's policies up until general convention of this year. And then there are two different links from the archives of the Episcopal Church that are search engines for both General Convention and Executive Council policies. That's great. And so, Ashley, does New American Pathways do any um, any education on issues surrounding refugee resettlement and immigration? Do people call and ask, like, what what do you all stand for? And, you know, what do these candidates stand for? 
Yeah, so we we do. Yes, um, advocacy work definitely in addition to, you know, election related work, such as voter registration, get out the vote efforts. And then in addition to civic education work, advocacy would kind of be that next big bucket of work that we do within our program. Um, and it's, it's actually, it's mostly done through, surprise, surprise, this is how we all operate, which is good, we need to, but it's a part of a larger coalition. <laughs> no, that's great. Working in partnership is the way to go. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's the theme of uh, this time period. It's good because it's an effective means of, you know, getting anything done. But anyway, so we have a, an advocacy coalition that consists of New American Pathways as well as, I think, 17 other organizations in the metro Atlanta area, and we're called the Coalition of Refugee Service Agencies. And so that is kind of where people would return to um, to the coalition for any types of questions like that, because, you know, we are obviously always kind of keeping our finger on the pulse of what's happening when it comes to issues surrounding immigration policy, refugee-related issues, you know, in light of the anticipated presidential determination that's supposed to be announced before the end of this fiscal year, for example, right, which is expected to be as low as 25,000. Fingers crossed that that doesn't actually happen. Mm -hmm. um, but that's an example of an issue um, that we've engaging a lot of our supporters on. And so, you know, we'll, you'll subscribe to our listserv. We'll send you out an email you know, asking you to take a variety of action steps, right, um, to advocate for a certain policy one way or another. In this case, we'd be asking you to call your members of Congress, you know, to tell you that you are pushing them to welcome at least 75,000 refugees um, and, you know, articulating why that's really important to you as a constituent and really important to the United States and, you know, the state of Georgia in this case, if you're a Georgian. Yeah. And uh, in addition to other opportunities um, to be able to stand up and to show your support for refugees. And listeners, if you go back, Kendall, is it one pod in the feed, two pods in the feed? We did an episode, listeners, on the fact that every year in the fall, the presidential determination is set and how important it is to be lifting up your voice, living into some of the resolutions passed by General Convention and Executive Council um, to support a robust refugee resettlement program, which the Episcopal Church has stood for for decades. So thank you, Ashley, for raising that. And listeners, go back in the pod feed. <laughs> I think it's one. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, too, we're, uh, we're very proud to announce that actually uh, a congressman who is of the district where New American Pathways office is located and then kind of, you know, uh, similarly where a lot of our refugee community members reside, his name is Hank Johnson, and he's going to be putting forth a resolution actually asking a lot of his colleagues um, in the House to sign on to it that specifically welcomes 75K. So big announcement, hopefully like, a, you know, a lot of press will be surrounding that. It's supposed to happen sometime within this week. Yeah, if for those of you who are listening, if you'd like to take the opportunity to call your own congressperson as well and ask them to sign on for Representative Johnson's resolution, that's a very concrete action that you can take before the end of the fiscal year. That's great. So, Alan, can you tell our listeners how to get involved with the Episcopal Public Policy Network and also the Vote Faithfully campaign? Yeah, absolutely. So for the Episcopal Public Policy Network, uh, you can follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the EPPN on all three platforms. And we also have an email listserv if you'd like to get action alerts uh, directly to your email. Um, there are opportunities to write your members of Congress on specific pieces of legislation or policy changes. And you can sign up for that from our website, uh, again, which is advocacy.episcopalchurch.org. Um, and then for the Vote Faithfully campaign, uh, use hashtag Vote Faithfully and, and engage with us on social media. 
You can also refer to the Vote Faithfully Election Engagement Toolkit, which is found on the same website. Um, it's a nonpartisan resource for getting out the vote, and within that toolkit, there are links to a lot of other resources as well. Uh, since we're a national office and there's uh, there are discrepancies or differences in states mm. on voting laws, um, it's a little bit more difficult for us to kind of compile everything, but we're referring to some great organizations that are out there that help get into more detail mm. in your context so that you can learn how to register, how to vote, what the deadlines are um, that you need to know. Also in the toolkit are ideas for mobilizing people to vote um, and defending the act of voting, um, ideas for communicating about civic engagement to your community, so how to organize your parish around this. Um, you can get people who maybe uh, have mobility issues and can't get to the poll, and then others who have cars and are able to help take them there. Um, there are also worship resources, including a litany, inspiring quotes, music suggestions, and prayers uh, that are all in that toolkit. That's pretty comprehensive. Yeah. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it, the toolkit's fairly short, but there's a lot there's a lot buried in there if you come through it, and hopefully it's a it's a useful resource for people as individuals and in their you know parishes or dioceses as well. That's awesome. Well, and Ashley, can you tell us a little bit about how people can learn more about New American Pathways work? Yeah, absolutely. So um, definitely recommend everybody checking out our website at newamericanpathways.org, where they can go and check out all of the work that we do in addition to information about our civic engagement program. And there should be a link on there as well. If you live in the metro Atlanta area and you want to uh, get in the trenches with us and help us out with, uh, you know, engaging the American voters and doing some of this awesome work, then you can definitely find a link on there as well for a list of opportunities about the places that we'll be at and how to get involved. That's excellent. So, Ashley, is there anything else you'd like to offer today to our listeners about the work that you do in refugee resettlement? Yeah, I would just say, you know, um, I guess I would just pitch this as a call to action, really, more than anything, um, because this is more than ever such a critical time, um, not just for refugees. Obviously, this is still we're amidst, you know, the world's worst refugee crisis since World War II. Um, but in terms of policies that have been implemented and that are being proposed that obviously are, are really detrimental to the work that we do and to the larger institution as a whole, we're very concerned as to what the larger future is going to be for us as an institution. Um, and so I would encourage everybody, if this is something that you care about, if, if immigration issues, the idea of being a welcoming country and upholding these values, right, are really important to you, then getting engaged in some respect. Um, is super critical as far as supporting resettlement agencies go. And of course, I'm personally biased, but I do feel like that getting involved within a civic engage engagement capacity is a wonderful way to do it because you're not only supporting those institutions that need your help now more than ever, but you're also simultaneously really working to cultivate a culture that's centered on these democratic institutions that we all collectively are part of, right? And they're important for all of us as a whole. Um, and so it's a very unique way um, to be able to kind of share what is a unique part of our American identity with somebody who is a newcomer. So yeah, please get involved. <laughs> Thank you so much, Ashley, for all the work you and your colleagues at New American Pathways do. And I'll pitch the same question over to you, Alan, if there's anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today. Sure. So uh, the main thing is that, that voting is about carrying out our call as Christians to love our neighbor, seek the common good, and help improve the world around us. Amen. Uh, so as a part of that, I really uh, enjoyed the leadership of presiding Bishop Michael Curry, and I want to share a, a quote from him, um, actually from the last election, but applicable for this election as well. 
I mean, he said the U.S. is, is blessed as a nation to vote. Um, this is a right, an obligation, and a duty. Go vote. Vote your conscience, your conscience informed by what it means to love your neighbor, to participate in the process of seeking the common good, to participate in the process of making this a better world. However you vote, go and vote and do that as followers of Jesus. I can't think of a better note to end on. <laughs> no, thank you both so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. As you heard from both Alan and Ashley, it is so important to take action now to make sure you're registered to vote, to help others become registered and get to the polls on election day. And in the meantime, it's so important that you reach out to your members of Congress to speak up for a robust refugee resettlement program. Visit advocacy.episcopalchurch.org to see the latest action alert on refugee resettlement and learn the steps you can take to make a difference. After you call and write your members of Congress, we encourage you to prayerfully consider making a gift to support Episcopal Migration Ministries. No gift is too small, and all are put to use to welcome our newest neighbors. Visit EpiscopalMigrationMinistries.org forward slash give, and please give generously. In light of this week's announcement of a record low presidential determination, EMM has reopened registration for Love God Love Neighbor, which will be held in Louisville, Kentucky, October 11th through 13th. Please visit our website, EpiscopalMigrationMinistries.org forward slash LGLN to learn more about the event in Louisville. We'll equip you to be a stronger advocate, ally, and ambassador for refugee resettlement. Can't attend in Louisville? You can also let us know that you want to be the first to hear about the next Love God Love Neighbor training or that you'd like to help host an event in your own community. You can find EMM on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at EMM Refugees. Until next time, peace be with you and all those you consider home.